Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette. Say what? What's up, Doc G? How's it going? Good, man. How we doing? How about yourself? Hmm. I'm... Pretty good. I went and watched uh, Jurassic Park this past weekend, the new one. Gosh, you're getting in that summer blockbuster mode. Yeah. It's like it's you know? back in 1998 or something. <laughs> My God. Exactly. Gosh. Exactly. How did, how did, how'd it go? How was it? Hmm. I liked it, man. I love, I love all, anytime there's CGI dinosaurs, I'm in. I mm-hmm. don't care how bad the acting, how bad the script writing, whatever you, whatever people's problems are, I love it all. Yeah. You'd, I'm a huge fan. You'd work well with my friend Brandon. You guys are two peas in a pod. That dude, yeah. does, that dude does not like the negativity when you start talking. Oh, come on. It's still cool. There's a dinosaur. Yeah, That's pretty awesome. Come on. <laughs> Seriously. You know, it's, uh, I, I, I like I like the original Jurassic Park, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I've I've seen like bits and pieces of all the others, but you know, yeah. I haven't yeah. I haven't seen a movie in theaters. We calculated this a while back on the show. Now you could just <laughs> add like three years to it. So like I've probably this is probably a safe bet. I haven't seen a movie in theaters in like seven years. Wow! Yeah, how is that possible? Yeah, I, I I'll just stream them, man. Now that that's a possibility, yeah. I'll just stream them. I don't need to have other people around me. In fact, that makes the experience much worse. <laughs> so you know, I'll just do it. Do it on my couch. It's very nice. It's very lovely. Very true. You know. Very true. I think I might do that with Elvis. I might watch that on my couch. Yeah, I want to watch that one. Yeah, I heard Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks. Kills He's a killer. He's a killer, yeah. man. Uh, well, yeah. you know, Mike, we could do that for the upcoming holiday. You know what holiday we've got? Mm. What do we got? Fourth of July. That's a fact. Oh yeah. You gonna? Very true. Very you, true. You gonna party hard? You gonna? Ah, uh, going to Pennsylvania. Might have to do a remote show, Doc G. Gosh, <laughs> so sorry. Pennsylvania, are you are you ce- yeah. You going to Philadelphia? Are you celebrating in in the cradle of independence? Hmm. <laughs> so we're uh, probably. I think it's um, the western part of PA, oh. Hermitage near oh, okay. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be in the, uh, the okay, woods. You know, Mike. You know, I get pretty hot for history. I like history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to hit you with a couple of 4th of July facts here. Sweet. Let's hear them. I love it. Mike, we know Declaration of Independence. That's what it was for, mm-hmm. right? 56 signees of the Declaration of Independence. 56? Mm-hmm. Jeez. How many listeners out there knew 56? I'm guessing absolutely zero. So true. Yeah, mate, that including me. I'm guessing there <laughs> zero. were no one out there knew Caesar Rodney from Delaware. Or Button Gwinnett from Georgia. Button. Mm. Anybody Good out there button big button, button fans? Mm. Button, there's actually a county of Gwinnett, <laughs> Gwinnett County. But regardless, Mike, I was thinking about this holiday, and I was thinking about how we celebrate. How do we normally celebrate 
Fourth uh, of July. Mm, fireworks, hamburgers. The hamburgers go with what? Mm, grills, uh, <laughs> <laughs> beers. This is a bad drugs. association test. Uh, cookouts, <laughs> cookouts. They go cookouts. with cookouts. Yeah. So I thought, cookouts. what if we could have the founding fathers at a cookout? You know. Mm. Which founding fathers would you want at your cookout? You know? So I thought I am going to rank seven of the of the most known signers of the Declaration of Independence on whether or not you want them at your cookout. Okay. The top seven. Now, first of all, remember. Pretty much everybody listening to this podcast can't name more than six people that signed the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> I would bet money on it, in fact. I would say 95% of you guys can't name six. And if you're out there like, uh, yeah, I can, go ahead. Prove me wrong. Name them to yourself right now. Prove me wrong. <laughs> if you're thinking Alexander Hamilton, didn't sign it. If you're thinking George Washington, didn't sign it. If you're thinking James Madison, didn't sign it. If you're thinking Paul Revere, what the you thinking no he didn't sign it, all right <laughs> none of those people signed the declaration of independence so bottom line mike who do we want flipping wieners at our cookout who do we want there well number seven on the list thomas jefferson yeah bottom of my list bottom of my top seven uh you do not want him at your cookout mike nope you don't. Mm -mm. He's a recluse. He's a drag. He's not even a good recluse. Like, he's not a fun recluse. He would definitely talk about your grilling skills behind your back. <laughs> and then when you went up and confronted him, he'd be like, whoa, no, I'm happy to be here and stuff. Okay, so let's just have a good cookout. <laughs> he is not, no way I'm inviting Thomas Jefferson to my cookout. Not happening. Not happening. Number six. John Adams. Mm. That's right, Mike. All astute listeners out there will be like, whoa, Ben, you said John Adams is one of your top presidents. And that's correct, imaginary people that didn't actually say that. <laughs> I did say that he's one of my favorite presidents. But even though he was a great public figure, that does not mean I want him at my cookout. So true. No, sir. This guy was super stiff, Mike. He was, mm. he was just, I mean, he'd be correcting people's grammar. He'd be judging people for drinking. He'd be like, is that Jeff's third beer? Unbelievable. Not Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, he'd lecture you on something and you'd try to change the subject and he'd come back to it. He would just immediately be like, yeah, but we haven't finished our conversation about you not brushing your teeth properly. Oh, <laughs> Christ, you do not want... Not want John Adams at your cookout, listeners. So, nope. Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, bottom, bottom of the barrel. Number five, John Hancock. That's right. I think we all remember John because he signed his name, the biggest, right? Mm -hmm. And most people yeah. would think, oh, that's pretty cool. Those people would be incorrect. Those people would be, he's not going to be cool, guys. This dude was one of the richest dudes in all of the northern colonies during the revolution and mm -hmm. now eh, don't get me wrong i'm not being money biased here mike nope i'm not saying just because he's rich he wouldn't be cool but you combine that 
with the knowledge that he wrote his name bigger than anybody else's? <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He's going to be bragging yeah. about that signature all cookout long. Mm-hmm. He's going to be telling me, yeah. uh, uh, did you see that? You remember? I was right there. Like, you, you from far away, all the way across the room, you can see my name. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just, just saying. <laughs> like, no, you don't want that. No, on that. So, nah, you don't want that. Number four, Sam Adams. Definitely better, better to talk to than his cousin. Definitely mm-hmm. better than John. But still, this is the big knock for me on Sam. He didn't like to be called Sam. He only wanted to be called Samuel. Hmm. Interesting. I can't deal with that. Come on, Sam. No. Yeah. Uh, and I do have to say what bumps him up, though, what makes him fourth on the list is he did get everybody in Boston to go along with the revolution. So you got to imagine, if a guy can convince a whole city to, to join a revolution, he's got to be pretty convincing at something, pretty enjoyable at mm-hmm. something. So yeah, four, <laughs> four. Number three, Benjamin Rush. A lot of people probably don't mm. know Benjamin Rush. This dude was a little bit of everything. Doctor, politician, teacher, founder of a college. Jeez. He did it all. Mm. Yeah. And unlike everybody else that signed the Declaration of Independence, this dude just went back to being a, a doctor and a teacher after the Revolutionary War. After they won, he's like, all right, I'll see you guys later. Enjoy the nice. new country. Like, that's a go-getter with some humility that I want to talk to right there. Yeah. I, I want to hang with that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Number two, this is where it really gets good. These these last two are the only people I'd hang out with at the cookout. These basically like 90% of my time right here. Benjamin Harrison the fifth. He ah. doesn't seem too interesting on the surface, Mike. You're like, who's that? I've never even heard of that dude, right? <laughs> I haven't. Uh, but... This is the reason he's awesome. Apparently, OBH, Benjamin Harrison, was a bit of a cut-up. Sweet. He loved mm. cracking jokes. And throughout yeah. the whole Continental Congress, he was just making jokes. He was, Even stuffy John Adams wrote in his diary that he was like, that dude Benjamin Harrison, he can make some jokes. He's all right. <laughs> like, And some of them... They're pretty dark, Mike. Pretty dark jokes. Yeah. Here's a here's a little example. When they were all signing the Declaration yes. of Independence, they basically knew if America didn't win their independence, they were all going to be hung for this, right? They they'd be they'd be killed by Britain for this and they'd hang them. Benjamin Harris, uh who was a pretty big fella, he was uh, uh weighed a bit. He told Elbridge Jerry, another signer, he was like, "Hey, Elbridge I got an advantage over you. Since I weigh so much, when they hang us, I'll totally be dead way faster than you. You'll be up there hanging forever, just <laughs> totally not dying. Everybody looked at him like, what? He's like, just saying. Anyways, just signed his name there, man. That's it. BH. BH. I want to hang with BH, you know? Yeah. Number one, I feel like this is an obvious <laughs> choice. Number one obvious choice Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Oh, Benny Franklin. He was the dude, Mike. 
He mm-hmm. was the dude. Yeah, he was. A crowd pleaser. Everybody loved him. Ladies loved him. When he was in France, ladies were lining up to hang out with him. And he was 79 years old when he was in France. Jeez. Nice. 79, which for the 1700s wow. is roughly equivalent to being 120 today. Like, yeah. good lord. Yeah. He pissed John Adams because he kept falling asleep during the Continental Congress. And yet, whenever people ask him what was going on, he still had all the right answers. Like, he'd just be over there dozing, they'd poke him, and he'd come up with the right answer, and John Adams would be like, Mm -hmm. come on, that dude. Benjamin Franklin, that's who I'm hanging out with. That's the list, Mike. That is the list. It's a good list. It's a good list. Now It's an interesting list. Some listeners might be saying, Ben, I couldn't help but notice your one, two, and three all had your name. So true. Yes. They all were Benjamins. Look, I can't help it if Ben's are an awesome group of people to hang out with, okay? I just can't <laughs> help it. And I can't help it if I have a name from the 1700s, all right? My parents didn't yeah. go with an inventive, creative name. They went with an old classic, <laughs> all right? So that's what we got. Now, now that we know who we're going to invite out of our hypothetical cookout with people that have been dead for over 200 years, Mike, are you ready to fire this show up. Let's fire it up, Doc G. What do we got? What's going on? All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Mike, we have a banger this week. We have got none other than Mr. Josh Turner, country music star. Can't wait. Superstar. Superstar. Yeah. I can't wait to talk to this guy. He's going to be here in Jacksonville this weekend at the uh, Florida Theater. We're going to talk family, music, couple other things. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. But first, we mm-hmm. need to start where we start. The birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mike, you got this first one. I'm confident. 100% right. confident. Uh, well, let's be honest. I'm never 100%. <laughs> I'm 98% confident. All right. That's fair. Born on June 29th, 1991 in Los Angeles, California, our birthday suit wearer loved basketball from a young age. As a senior in high school, he averaged 22.6 points a game, 13.1 rebounds, 3.9 assists, three blocks, and was named Mr. Basketball for 2009 in California. He decided to go to San Diego State. He declared for the NBA draft in 2011. He was selected 15th overall by the San Antonio Spurs. His rookie year, they made it to the NBA Finals where he averaged 14.6 points and 11.1 rebounds against the Miami Heat. The next year... They came back and beat the Heat in the finals. Our birthday suit wearer won the finals MVP. The next year, he won Defensive Player of the Year, and he did that again the year after that. In 2018, he went to the Toronto Raptors and won the NBA championship. In 2019, he went to the Los Angeles Clippers. Over his career so far, he is a two-time NBA champion, two-time Finals MVP, five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA player, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, and part of the NBA 75th anniversary team. For the last year, he's been injured, but will presumably be back at the start of the year. Name, 
that birthday suit wearer? The claw. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Got tripped a little bit, but the claw is correct. Yes. Yeah. Over 11-inch hands, Mike. 11. Yeah, he's got massive, massive, massive mitts. Massive mitts. Yeah, he does. Big old, big old hands. Did you hear the news about the Clippers? Hmm. No. We got it. What news? Got John Wall coming their way. Nice. John Wall. They're gonna have huge Paul George, John Wall, Kawhi Leonard. That is a scary threesome in the backcourt right there. That's a fact. Yeah. That is a good I you know what, Mike? I don't I don't want to make any predictions, but I'm saying at least Western Conference Finals right now. That was a prediction. I hope it so. happened. I hope so. It happened. It happened. Yes! Stephen A. Smith. You you know it. <laughs> you know it. Uh, anyways, yeah. Kawhi turning, uh, what, what do we got, 31? 31. Wow, Kawhi's older than I thought. Jeez. I thought he was still yeah. in his late 20s. Man. I know. He's been playing ball for a good while, man. I don't tell you. Yeah, he has. But he's a baller. When he puts it to it, man, when he's healthy and he's <laughs> focused, I don't know if there's anybody. I, well, I got to see him after these injuries. I'm presuming he's yeah, going to come sure. back the same. But when he was healthy, there was nobody I trusted more in like a, you know, a, a down to the wire moment. You got you got <laughs> yeah. Kawhi, I'm like, yeah, it's going to Like I mean yeah, that shot against Philadelphia? Yeah. What? What? Kawhi. Are you talking about the one from the corner? The crowd like where he like yeah. 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 I mean, just baller move, <laughs> Amazing. man. Amazing. Anyways, happy birthday to Kawhi. Hopefully some more giant moments in his career to come. Uh, Mike. For sure. Are you ready to rip some headlines? Yeah, what do we got, Doc G? What's going on? It's a it's crazy world right now. What's happening? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. It's very crazy. Very <laughs> crazy. Uh, we're going to start here in Florida. We're going to start with the crazies uh, here in Florida. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to go Ground down zero. to uh, Sarasota, where a man recently found a new way to avoid rush hour traffic. Um, mm. The man avoided rush hour traffic by driving on the sidewalk. Huh? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Deputies one were... Way to do it. it <laughs> Thought it was good. Thought it was a good idea. Deputies were alerted when a concerned citizen provided dash cam video of the driver on the sidewalk during Tuesday morning rush hour. Just cruising along. Just cruising along. Uh, deputies set up a sting on Wednesday morning and were waiting when the driver did it again. Just came right down. They were blockading the, uh, the sidewalk. Uh, the article then says... The driver was stopped and given a citation and a lecture about his driving. Word. So, hmm. first off, Mike, the <laughs> article shows the dash cam video. Like, they actually show it. And, yeah. like, this, this, first of all, the road isn't even packed. Nope. Like, the road's got, like, normal cars on it. Like... <laughs> and he's not going any faster than the cars on the road. You're just like, uh, like it doesn't look good. 
It does. Second, as a person that uses Florida sidewalks frequently, I would prefer this dude get a little bit more than a citation. So true. I mean, yeah. This wasn't five miles per hour of the speed limit. This dude was bowling for people. Like, this. Uh. Not good, right? Like, I mean, I don't think this guy should be driving. I'm just saying, as a guy yeah, that no. could have been one of those bowling pins, I don't like that to happen. Just saying. Anyways. Um, Doc G, what was, did they uh, say how old he was? Any ages They, they on did this not guy? give any ages. No. Huh. No. I'm going to guess middle age. Middle age, yeah. I always say these are one of these guys, even though he's like going to work or whatever. Probably he's, he's checked out. He's like late sixties. Oh, see, I <laughs> see, see, by, by that time they've just given up on going. Like though, like you know, oh, like okay. work wise. <laughs> like I was saying, yeah. like forty five, where nobody gives about you essentially. Mm. So you're just like, meh. Huh? You basically yeah. become like you think you're just the invisible man. So you're just like, okay. Nobody will care if I ride here on the sidewalk. No, they will. Mm -hmm. They will care. <laughs> um, Mike, a Reddit post has garnered a lot of attention over the past couple of weeks. Um, and this topic, like most Reddit topics, is completely useless. So, <laughs> let's discuss it. Uh, Reddit user asked for flight attendants to reveal whether or not they had ever caught any Mile High Club members and what they did, and then any tips of advice for folks that wanted to join. Word. And, uh, of course, a bunch of people that probably aren't flight attendants uh, joined in and gave their made-up stories of being flight attendants. Uh, now, Mike, it seems not surprisingly that these uh, quote-unquote flight attendants uh, who were giving advice, uh, their biggest advice was uh, to be quiet when trying to do this. Very mm -hmm. insightful, Mike. Very <laughs> insightful. So true. Now, Mike, I am no fake flight attendant, but... I'm going to give you my best tip of advice to avoid being caught by a flight attendant. You ready? Yes. Don't have sex on a plane. That would be the uh, best advice. That That's would, good. How That's about, good advice. How about read a book instead of being a deviant pervert, okay? <laughs> Jeez. Mike, I have never seen anything inside a plane that has made me think, let's bone. You know? Yeah, no. You know? Like, I've only seen things that have made me say, I hate humanity, or I'm going to get whooping cough. Those are the only <laughs> two things that I have seen in a plane. But apparently some people are just like, ooh, <laughs> oh, sexy factory here. Ew. We're in a tube of sex, everybody. No. Gross. Just go to your destination. Stop it. Stop it. I don't even use the yeah. I don't even use the bathrooms in planes, Mike. Those things are gross. Yeah. It's not it's not good. Not no, very thank sanitary. you. No, thank you. I'll try to mm. avoid it. Yes. Mike, little story from your hometown here, Las Vegas. Not your home hometown of Orlando, but yeah. your hometown of Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, major casinos are seeing recent research data. And they're thinking about doing something pretty crazy from this research data. 
They are considering making their entire establishments smoke-free. Smoke-free? Smoke-free, completely. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's whack. Smoke-free, Mike. Smoke-free. Apparently, That's so dumb. C3 Gaming issued a 30-page report that suggests ending banning smoking in casinos, and that wouldn't impact... Revenue. Nope. It would not make a meaningful impact because that's always been the holdup. Casinos didn't want to ban smoking because they were afraid it would lose them business because people would be like, mm. oh, I can't smoke in there. And um, if that's what the holdup was, Mike, I got to say, I could have told him this without the 30 page report. Like, <laughs> you. You don't need a third. Like I, I thought casinos were good with money. I'm a little surprised that it took them this long to come up with that conclusion. Very true, very true. Like, very true, Doctor. <laughs> everyone has their addictions prioritized, you know. Mm -hmm. And most yeah. of the folks that are gambling in Vegas come from out of state, which means they come to uh, Vegas with gambling as their number one addiction. So true. The other mm -hmm. addictions will fall in line behind that first addiction. So if they go into a place that says smoking is not allowed, they will go outside in between their bouts of gambling to smoke. They will still gamble. They will not say, you know what, I'm leaving Vegas. There's no way I'm staying here because this mm. place doesn't let me smoke. No, no, no. No, no, no. Like, if they want a real-life example of how that works, look at every restaurant in the country. They banned smoking. Yeah. What happened? Did people stop eating out? No. <laughs> they kept eating because they were like, oh, I like food. I'm going to stay here. Like, that's not like the same thing with gambling, guys. You don't need a 30-page report. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's so funny. It's just so funny to think about, like, people just lighting up a cigarette in the middle of a Denny's. <laughs> You know, like, it is. it's just so gotta, foreign. <laughs> I mean, like, it is crazy to think back when I was a tyke. Hey, young youngsters out there, youngsters that are listening to the show, when I was a tyke, when I was a kid, you would have to say smoking or non-smoking in every restaurant. Say what? And there was, just, uh, there was just an area of the restaurant that just was covered in smoke. And it would it would go into the other area of the restaurant. Like if you got a non-smoking right on the line, right on the section, you're like, oh Jesus! And it's just like it's a smoking. Yeah, and there's just a guy <laughs> beside you in the next booth over with a Marlboro, like <laughs> blowing in your face. You're like, oh Jesus Christ! I'm five years <laughs> old. Could you not give me emphysema? That'd be cool. But yeah, that happened. So casinos could be going there casinos well that's that's unfortunate doc g because i actually like secondhand smoke see i like <laughs> secondhand cigarette smoke it's, i don't mind it i'm, I'm see, gonna we I'm, we grew up with this so i'm kind of addicted to it still i'm gonna tell you mike i i hate to inform you it's bad for your health I don't know if yeah, you knew that or not. It's bad for your well, health. Not everything's good for your health, Doc G. Secondhand smoke, I'll take it. Like, I'm trying to just, live my life. It's so <laughs> soothing. It's so soothing. Um, Mike, uh, this past week, prison police, in conjunction with U.S. Marshals, released digitally altered age-progressed pictures of Clarence Anglin, John Anglin, and Frank Morris who broke out of Alcatraz after being put there for armed robbery 60 years ago. 
June 11th on 1962. Jeez. 1962, they escaped from Alcatraz, Mike. They're pretty much the only folks that escaped from Alcatraz. Uh, the group mm -hmm. dug a tunnel out of the prison drainage system, made dummies to put in their bed as covers, made rafts out of raincoats, and, uh, you know, escaped. And uh, federal officials concluded, though, that the group must have drowned at sea, uh, but there was still suspicion that they lived because the raft was found at Angel Island, and there were reports that a car was stolen that night around near the area uh, by three men. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. U.S. Marshals released a statement when they put these age-progressed pictures out, Mike. They said, quote, The ongoing U.S. Marshal investigation of 1962 escape from Alcatraz Federal Prison serves as a warning to fugitives that regardless of time, we will continue to look for you and bring you to justice. Word. Mike, can we take a vote as the public on this? I'm pretty sure nobody really cares about these dudes. Like this no. <laughs> just this is just US Marshals holding a grudge. That's all the all these yeah. dudes would be over eighty. Over eight out mm -hmm. of all the thing our government spends money on, I think we can reduce the spending we do for eighty year old dude searches. Like mm -hmm. no need and listeners, if you have time to go look at these pictures. Take a look at these pictures, because the pictures they look—it basically looks like they used a like a Snapchat filter, and we're like, all right, yeah, I think that's the way they'd look if they were older. We got them. We nailed it, everybody. Like, it's not good age progress pictures. It is not no. impressive. Like, just what? Like, if I were actually one of these dudes still alive, which let's be honest, they're probably dead, even if they did actually escape. But like. Yeah. But, like, if they're still, like, I would look at a p paper and be like, oh, my God, they're still looking for me? What the? <laughs> Why? Uh, Jesus. Anyways, Mike, they're out there. They're still looking for them. U.S. Marshals, Tommy Lee Jones, he's still looking for you. <laughs> not giving up. Uh, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest with Mr. Josh Turner. This is I'm No Stranger to the Rain right here on the Doc G Show. Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't done so, uh, you need to go ahead and subscribe to the show. You can do so on our website, www. 
Doc G Show or thedocgshow.com. That's right. You can subscribe on the show. You can listen to the show. You can see just, you know, all the info about our show on that website. Uh, You can go relive the glory rankings of the founders at your cookout. You can do that right now. You know Mm -hmm. what? Uh, Yep. You know, if you're listening on the FM dial right now, you can go there, relive the first 20 minutes of this show, and just go, that's good. That's a fact. Man, I remember that. That was nice. (laughs) Right? You can do that. Listeners, we need to thank the regulars. Mike, are you ready? Yeah, we do. Yes. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Gainesville, Florida, Radford, Virginia, Ashburn, Virginia, Frankfurt, Minnesota. Oh, I did it again. I did it again, Mike. I slam. Same hurdle. Same hurdle. It was like three weeks ago that I stepped on. Okay, start over here. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Gainesville, Florida, Radford, Virginia, Ashburn, Virginia, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Peoria, Illinois, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Richardson, Texas, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, and Olive Branch, Mississippi. Shout out. Mm. Mike Gulfport fell off. They did not listen. Yeah. I wanted to put up. I wanted to put both spots in Mississippi up there, but Gulfport did not come through. Come on, uh, Gulfport! What are you doing to us? What are you doing to us? <laughs> you're get, you're putting us up on I high. Say? You're loving us, <laughs> and then you just leave us for dead. Come on, jeez! Come on! You got to come back, Gulfport. What are you doing out there? Fishing? Huh? Beaching it? I know you got a lot of great outdoor <laughs> activities to do in Gulfport, but you got to come back. Maybe headphones. Yeah. Headphones while you do those Gulfport. Mm-hmm. Come on. Anyways, Mike, semi regulars. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Tarpon Springs, Florida, Los Angeles, California, Peoria, Arizona, Tallahassee, Florida, Fresno, California, Asheville, North Carolina, Austin, Texas. Cloverdale, Indiana, Chico, California, San Salvador, El Salvador, Gilberts, Illinois, Atlanta, Georgia, Montreal, Canada, Aurora, Illinois, Zurich, Switzerland, Oslo, Norway, Durham, North Carolina, Baldwin, Montana, Flower Mound, Texas. Shout mm, out. Good, good mix. Cool. Good mix. Yeah, definitely. You know? Been, been to Oslo. It's a cool place. Yeah? Literally. Nice. Yeah. Nice. My brother's been to yeah. Oslo. I've never been to Oslo. Yeah. Wish I could say. I wish Very I could nice. say I've been to Zurich. I hear really nice things about Zurich, Switzerland. Mm. You know? Never been. It's lovely, I hear. You know? You got the snow-capped lovely. mountains in the summer. Mm, and yeah. You got beautiful flowers down at the lower altitudes. Uh, and just... These are all the default yeah, like, videos exactly. that they put on HDTVs yeah, at Costco. Exactly. <laughs> just, Those are all of Zurich. Just super, <laughs> just super too, like super clean air that you're just. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's Zurich. That's Zurich. I need to make a note. Make a note. I need to go. Need to go. Uh, yep. Live show in Zurich. Yep. yep. <laughs> Let me write it down. We'll be there. Be there. Uh, let's give it a year. Let's cap it at a year, Mike. Okay. Um, Mike, we need to do something. Uh, we need to open the miscellaneous file here. Mm. 
Mike, I wanted to mention something here in the miscellaneous file. This past weekend, I saw something you don't you don't see too often. This 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 day and age. Okay. I saw a Payphone? full. I, well, actually, I saw one of those too, <laughs> which is a true story. I did see one, and I thought, like, where did where did that? It's still there. Like, who <laughs> hasn't ripped that up yet? I did not try it. I should go. I'm going to go. Follow up, guys. I'm going to go back to that location and actually see if it has a dial tone. I'm going to actually. Yeah. I'll probably I'll probably get Ebola from just touching the phone, but we'll. So true. <laughs> give it a shot. Anyways. For sure. Uh, I saw, Mike, a full-blown hitchhiker. Ah. Like a real deal hitchhiker. Like thumb out. Homemade sign, like with their location on it. That whole deal. Hmm. For a second, I was like, "Are they aware it's not 1958?" Like, <laughs> do they know that's like? Because like, and then at at the stoplight, because it was at a stoplight that I saw him, Mike. I, I thought, like, for a good thirty seconds, I thought about picking this person up. Cause I was like, I was like, that would make such an awesome story for the show. That would be such a good intro story. Actually, not worth it for the not show. I thought that for you, <laughs> listeners. That was for you. I was like, man, that. But then I really weighed it out, like positives and negatives. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, positive, I'd be helping this person probably. Uh, two. Definitely be getting an interesting story. So true. But then I was like, okay, what's the negatives? Well, they could murder me and eat my face. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah all right. I'm going to go with not picking them up. I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not gonna pick them up. <laughs> ultimately, I decided against it. But listeners, just know, we were pretty close to being Doc G, Mikey Charette, and Hitchhiking Hank. We were almost there, <laughs> all right? We were almost there. I'll go back, see if he's there today, and maybe, you know, we'll work out an agreement. He'll sign a deal with the show. Who knows? Who knows? Um, <laughs> Mike, we need to do uh, a bit of a follow-up here previously on the Doc G Show. Previously on the Doc G Show. Previously on the Doc G Show. Mike, I wondered out loud on the show last week where the saying elbow grease comes from. Mm, yes. Yes. Been waiting for a while. That's right. Approximately one week. Where'd this come from? You know? Yeah. Uh, well, first, uh, it seems like it came up the first time in the written English language. Now, there were times before this that it came up, but they were in other languages, so it was translated. Mm. So it's not like, you know... 100% that phrase. So the first time that it came up in English was in 1672. 1672 by English poet Andrew Marvel. Mm. Andrew Marvel said, uh, two or three brawny fellows in a corner with mere ink and elbow grease do more harm than a hundred systematical divines with their sweaty preaching. Sweet. That was mm. where it was first, first uttered there. First uttered. Um, now, common, uh, common synonym seems to be sweat, Mike. Pure sweat. And I thought about that 
that sort of makes sense because we were wondering aloud where it comes from, right? And like if you're doing something physical, especially something with your arm physical, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to get some sweat there in the crease of your elbow. So true. Right? And it'll look sort of like mm. a mechanical joint, you know, where you get like grease coming out of the mechanical joint. So yeah. elbow grease. That was my thought. Ah. That was my thought. I mean, other than that, I know nobody gave like a true just this is exactly what they meant. That was the first reference. That's what I came up with. I think it's a pretty good hmm. idea. Yeah. You know? Are, I think that's the most sound elbow grease explanation I've ever heard. Are you satisfied? I think, I think yeah, okay. definitely. Good. I would say so. Good. Okay. Yeah. I feel better about that. There you go, listeners. If you're not satisfied, let me know. And I will, I will dig deeper. We will follow more on that follow-up, okay? Just let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to move on. Mm. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Yeah. Mike, uh, we can move on. I've got two stories real quick here. Uh, you mentioned a lot of crazy stuff going on in the war uh, world. Mm -hmm. we've, got, yeah. we've got a war going on. Um, yeah, we do. We've uh, uh, got a, a Ukrainian war going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's an interesting fundraiser going on for that war. N Natasia? Natasia started uh, this fundraiser herself. Natasia is a, uh, a Ukrainian lady. And uh, she had a friend that she was concerned was stuck in a Ukrainian city because of the, uh, the bombing. And she wanted to get her friend out of that city. So she went on Twitter and was like, basically just appealing to people for money. Like, hey, I need to raise money for my friend to get her out of this city. And as she uh, she tweeted this, she, she made a joke by saying, anybody that donates, I'll send you a naked photo of me. It was a hmm. joke. But of course, since we're all perverts... It took like five minutes. She had over a dozen responses of dudes that were like, totally give you money. Here's some money. Here's, here's <laughs> yeah. some money. So her friend got out of the city. Good. She came out alive, right? But it gave Natasha an idea of like, hey, we could actually raise money this way. We could do this. And she did. And she started a website dedicated to this idea. Donation, we'll send you some nudies. There you go. Right? Now mm -hmm. there's 40 people, over 40 Ukrainians, that are on there that you can request, that you can go on the website and be like, that's the person. And shout out, there's some dudes on there. Shout out. So if you're looking for some dude nudies, there's some dude nudies on there. Hmm. Ladies and guys, they've raised almost a million pounds so far, Mike. Wow. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Which, you know, I got to I for the for the Ukrainians, good for them. That's a that's a good way to raise yeah, money. Yeah, for sure. I just sort of wondered how many people that got like the 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 nude photos from the site like tried to post to their friends that they were just doing a good deed, you know? Like, that they're just, they're, they're just, they're just philanthropic. They've just like, you know what? I've been, I've been donating to a couple of charities. Yeah, yeah, I just, I felt it in my heart, you guys. I felt it yeah. in my heart.
And now, Writing this off. Now, now, <laughs> now, I'm just saying, Mike, if the World Wildlife Funds start setting up deals like this, give it a year. Mm. Lemurs are no longer in danger. Nope. It will yeah. just take take them right <laughs> off. That, they'll be fine. I'm just saying. Think about it, guys. Think about it. Um Mm-hmm. Mike, one more, uh, one more quick story here. Mike, this just in: Iceland Air, Iceland Air, the uh, company conducted a statistical analysis report using cost of living, healthcare access, internet speed, environmental factors to determine which city is the best to take a working vacation. Mm. And they determined mm. the number one city would be Kansas City. Nope. Ah. Uh, Mike. What? This also just in, Iceland Air doesn't know how to do statistical analysis. So true. That's what I will yeah, say. They, no. Yeah. No. No way. Kansas City? Huh? Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City, right, uh, for listeners who don't know, Mike, is home to the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art, uh, mm. Kauffman Stadium, and Worlds of Fun. I have no idea mm. what any of those things are. Um, Worlds of Fun? Yeah. Wor- Sounds dangerous. <laughs> Nobody. Worlds of Fun. <laughs> in, in Now, uh, but apparently they have deemed Kansas City not only the place to take a work vacation, they have uh, deemed it a place for slow travel, Mike. Slow travel. Work. This is a concept where you emphasize making connections to local people, businesses, and cultures when traveling. So you sort of, mm. you know, integrate yourself into the society that you're going. It's about being mindful, not burning yourself out, and taking your time to get to know the place you travel, Mike. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. I don't care what they say, Mike. I am not considering Kansas City my number one location for a work vacation. No. Especially not until we get more listeners of the Doc G Show in Kansas City. <laughs> not happening. I don't. Even more so. I don't remember the last <laughs> time I've so. seen them hit the top fifty of our listening location. So no, I am sorry, Kansas City. You are not, yeah. not my number one. Now, d- is Biloxi? Yeah, they're higher up on the list. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Piracai Brazil? Definitely way up there. Is yeah. Zurich? Yes, simply because of the lovely air. Me and Mike know. But yeah. Kansas City? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry, guys. You're not, I don't, I mean, you know, what? Come on. Anyway, yeah, I've never heard. Once Kansas City, once they get some listeners, yes, they'll definitely go right up to the top. If they have our, mm-hmm. our number one listening location, yes, I will love Kansas City. Until then, you are not my number one, Kansas City. Pass. Yeah. Pass. Mike, mm-hmm. we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back. We are going to be right back with none other than Josh Turner right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. 
every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are super excited to have a fantastic music artist who will be at the Florida Theater this Friday, July 1st, Mr. Josh Turner. Josh, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I am doing good, man. Uh, You have got all kinds of shows this summer, all over the country, Uh, but you are a South Carolina man, and uh, after Jacksonville, you are playing... South Carolina, the next day. Uh, I, w- I was curious. I As- aside from family, what what's your favorite thing going back to South Carolina? I know you don't have much time there, but uh, what's the favorite thing to go back to SC? Oh, man. Um, either the either the food or the, the hunting and fishing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a toss-up. Well, uh, I mean, uh, food-wise, since it's, since it's the 4th of July weekend... I've got to ask: Is is South Carolina barbecue your favorite style? Uh, it is, but uh, not the mustard based. I'm I'm more of like the you know tomato or the vinegar based. There we but, go. Yeah, um, that's more my speed. So. Yeah, the mustard gets me too. I don't know. It's I I mean it's all right if you can make it right. It's 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 pretty good. My friend Demarcus, his dad has a catering business. They make a mustard base. It's pretty good, but it's still. Vic- vinegar is where it's at for me. That's that's the spot. Yeah. That's the yeah. spot. <laughs> well, that's right. Now, before I move on from South Carolina, you are a, a big Clemson fan. Being a USC alum, I would like to point out your hometown is closer to USC. But I digress. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Is Clemson winning it all next year? Do you think in football? Uh, yes. Um, I don't know what next year looks like exactly. <laughs> um, uh, we last year we did better than I thought we were going to do mm-hmm. um, because there were, there were times where <laughs> I was really scratching my head. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I you know it, as as bad as we've been in years past, uh, you know it's still not nearly as bad as being a Gamecock fan. So <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, when we had Spurrier, it was a it was a good ride, and then it went downhill real fast and real bad. But hopefully, maybe sometime soon, we'll be back somewhat. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, well, I yeah. I noticed uh, in some of your uh, your videos on Instagram, your, your oldest son wearing a Clemson shirt. He's getting close to college age. You think he's gonna? Is he thinking about Clemson? Um, that's a good question. I don't. I don't know what he's gonna end up doing. He he turned sixteen later this year, and um, he he's one of these you know young men that has dreams about doing everything, you know, <laughs> anything and everything. Um, and which is you know it's good. It's, he's, yeah. he's smart and talented enough to do anything he puts his mind to, but uh, he's gonna have to settle in and focus on something at, at some point. But we'll see. Um, he's he's 
one of the many things that he's mentioned uh, is, is playing baseball at Clemson. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> but, well, I know. I noticed he's he's taller than you. He's, is is he is he one of those young bucks that tries to to throw that around? Does he impose his height on you every now and then? That he's just like, hey, anybody notice? I'm taller than Dad. Anybody notice? No, him? no, he he knows better than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess moving on to uh, to music, you've been living the dream for 20 years now. A, a little bit over the the Black Train performance at the Grand Ole Opry was uh, was was 21 years ago, and uh, w- when I look back on that moment, it seems it seems like such a fairy tale thing. I mean. Playing, playing the Opry right out of college, standing ovation. Was it a fairy tale thing, or does it just look like that in hindsight to an outside observer like me? No, it, it really was uh, exactly how it's been described. Um, you know, my manager at the time and I, we basically kind of begged my way onto the Opry stage. Um, you know, probably a, a week or two or three before uh, I actually made my appearance there because I had just signed my, my record deal a month prior to my Opry uh, debut. And mm. so, I, yes, I was signed, but nobody in that crowd that night knew who Josh Turner was because I hadn't had time to make a record or, or you know, put out a video or, or do anything publicly. Yeah. So uh, I met out literally as an unknown artist. And so I had practiced with the Opry staff band this one song, mm-hmm. and it was it was Long Black Train, a song that I had written. Mm-hmm. And I just went out there and played it. You know, I didn't know what to expect. I just went out there and just you know hoped and prayed that I would just get make it through the song, and that's exactly what I did. But but yeah, I mean, people started standing up and cheering and clapping and hollering and and throwing babies in the air. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, after like the first verse or second verse, and and it continued throughout the entirety of the song. And then when I was done, I was like, "Well, that's the one song that we learned, so I'm leaving." And so I left. And as I was leaving, people were just stomping the floor and still standing and cheering. And and Bill Anderson, who was hosting that segment, he was he didn't know what to do, so he was like, "Well, you know, you want to hear some more?" And they got even louder, so he. He hollered for me to come back out there on stage, and I'm like, I don't know how to do an encore. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, you know, I was so young, I, I didn't know how, what I was supposed to do when I went back out there. And so I went back out there, and Bill said, "How about making that train a little bit longer?" And so we kicked the song off again, and I started singing it, and then I got super choked up and emotional because I, it, it finally hit me what was happening. Yeah, and. Uh, and so I, I made it through the second go around, and uh, and it was just such a memorable night that after after that performance, the general manager of the Opry came back up to my dressing room and said, "You can come back anytime." Wow! <laughs> so I, I made an impression on him. That's awesome. That is awesome. I, I feel like it, when Bill said, "Do you want to make that train a little bit longer?" You're like, "Well." Yeah, because I don't have any other songs to play. So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> this, this is it. <laughs> now, yeah, e- even crazier. You played there with your family uh, last year, literally right before the twentieth anniversary of that original performance. Um, did yeah. you did you set your kids down and 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 paint the picture for them? Like, all right, here's old Pop's career. Here's how it came about, or did you? They already know, well aware. They 
they kind of know already, but um, I don't. I, I still don't think, for especially the younger ones, I don't think it's fully sunk in with them. You know what I've been able to do in the last twenty years, but uh, I don't. I don't try to push that on them. I, I'm, <laughs> I want them to learn that naturally and on their own. Yeah, but, uh, that time will come. But but yeah, uh, it was a cool moment last last year because they were making their opera debut. Yeah, uh, whether they realized it or not, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a fun thing to go out there and play as a family like that. Very cool, very cool. Well, now when you originally wrote that uh, song, "Long Black Train," I heard your music publisher wanted to hold the song for Alan Jackson, Mister Mister Chattahoochee himself. And uh, yeah, he he had actually he had actually pitched it to Alan, and and Alan or somebody that worked for Alan actually put it on hold. Mm. And uh, and for those fans out there that are listening that don't know what that means it's like when you hear a song that somebody wrote you you put it on hold mm-hmm. uh to basically kind of hold on to it until you can record it that way nobody else can go and record it you know until you get in the studio yeah and uh it's a process that you go through but um but yeah my publisher at the time he called me one day i was actually in south carolina at my sister's uh, softball game years and years ago um <laughs> And I get this call from him, and he's like, "Josh, I got, I got great news." And I was like, "What is it?" He said, "Alan Jackson just put Long Black Train on hold." And I said, "No, he didn't." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "You go get it off hold right now." Wow. And he was like, "What? What are you talking about?" And I said, "No, that's my song." I said, "Nobody's cutting that but me." Man. And he was like, "Are you sure?" And and I was like, "Yeah, I'm 110 percent sure." And so he went and took it back off hold. And the rest is history. So that that's how confident you were in that song. Absolutely. Nice, nice. Well, now your your first number one hit was your man. Uh, and before I ask a question there about your man specifically, uh, what what's it feel like when that number one hits? When you get that first number one? Um, for me, you know, it, it gave me a lot of confidence and and kind of added a lot of credibility because a lot of a lot of people don't realize that Long Black Train never went number one. It became my signature song. It was my first hit. It led to my first record going platinum. Yeah. But it never became a number one single. And so, uh, you know, we we literally tried to kind of break away from that image that I had presented with Long Black Train and everything because everybody already had started to try to pigeonhole me as one type of artist. So yeah. I, you know, we, we went 180 degrees, put out Your Man, it took off, went number one, and uh, it was my first number one uh, as an artist. And, you know, Chris Stapleton, who was one of the writers on that song, that was his first number one as a writer. So it was a, it was a big moment in country music history uh, in a lot of ways. But yeah, it was... Uh, it led to a lot of great things. For sure. Well, now I, I you know, I, I knew about Chris Stapleton writing, well, writing the song in part with uh, with uh, the other writers, and I heard you say the work tapes that you got of your man were just Chris Stapleton and his guitar, him just performing yeah. the song. Uh, I got. Mm-hmm. Did it sound like Chris Stapleton? We've all become familiar with, like, because if I hear that voice. That's a hard voice to follow. That's like, what? What am I supposed to do with this song? What are you? When the- that, that was exactly my reaction. Um, <laughs> and yes, it sounded. It sounded like Chris has always sounded. I mean, it, it sounded. You know, it sounded really good, but it was just totally different from what I do. And yeah. So 
so when I heard it, I, I was pretty unsure of whether or not it would work for me. And so my producer, um, who uh, is a, you know, he's a Gamecock fan, um, <laughs> I will say, but uh, he, he gave me some uh, good advice. He said, take it home, you know, put it in a different key, try it out, you know, just you and your guitar and ch- try to figure out a way kind of make it yours and i said okay i'll see what happens and and so i did that and came back in the next day and i said i think we should at least try it just to see what happens Mm -hmm. and so we did and you know here we are awesome awesome well your your man uh and several other songs of yours have been circulating pretty hard on tiktok uh you even did a, a live stream on cmt's tiktok last month and uh Call me crazy, uh, but you don't strike me as a TikTok fella. Um, I'm I'm guessing <laughs> I'm I'm guessing someone on the Josh Turner team let you know that like TikTok's where it's at, or did you just get that feeling? How, how did you get turned on to TikTok? Uh, I do have a team, and uh, that's one of the most stressful things, and. I got nominated for a CMT Music Award after that, so <laughs> I was like, you know what? I deserve that because that was really <laughs> stressful. <laughs> so. You you got through it though; it went well. So you know, yeah, uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, n- now the uh, the last full length album you did was the the Christmas album, uh, King Size uh, Manger, and then before that, you released Country State of Mine. Which is just such a fun album because it it's it's all covers of just great country songs. You you covered Hank Williams Jr. and Jim Lauderdale, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings. I feel like one of the hardest parts of making an album like that had to be choosing the tracks because there were like probably a thousand songs you wanted to cover. How hard was that? Uh, it it was hard on in, in some ways but it was it was easy in other ways because some of those songs i'd you know just been in love with for years and years uh country state of mind actually i, I wanted to put that on my your man album years and years ago so <laughs> um i've been kind of hanging on to that for a long time but uh but yeah just you know a lot of those songs were just kind of no-brainers like i'm no stranger to the rain i've always loved that song i feel like that's one of the most well-written country songs in history yeah and uh and then others were fairly new like um you know me deciding to do the patty loveless song you don't seem to miss me and mm-hmm. uh you know, george Strait's desperately or his version of it anyway um made it my own version but but yeah my the first time i heard that was when bruce robinson actually cut it mm-hmm. um great you know singer songwriter out of texas and so so yeah it was just kind of a mixture of of you know a lot of things and um, i'm very proud of that record yeah definitely i i i love the i'm no stranger to the to the rain such a such a good song i mean and you know i mean i like the keith whitley version but uh but your version is you know is great doesn't doesn't uh doesn't go too far away from the original. Doesn't go too far out on its own. That perfect pocket for for a cover, and uh, it, it it surprises me so much how I guess sort of your your normal country fan is sort of unaware of the Keith Whitley story, and and, and doesn't know uh, you know 
sort of Keith Whitley as an artist, such such a good artist, and uh, you know made one of uh, inspired one of the the greatest uh, songs from Vince Gill of of Go Rest High on That Mountain. Um, just yeah, such a such a, a country classic. Well, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, go for it. Well, I was just gonna say a lot of Fairweather fans, you know, they they don't uh, they're not familiar with certain artists, they're not familiar with backstories, or they don't realize, oh, well, this artist did that song or whatever, you know. So, you know, it's it's kind of I feel like it's kind of my responsibility to to kind of educate and inform you know fans about country music because you know it's such a, a rich genre when it comes to writers and artists and personalities and stories and all of this. And so, uh, there's a lot to sink your teeth into. Oh yeah. 100%. And, and so, uh, the last song on that album is, is uh, caretaker, uh, Johnny cash, who was obviously a huge inspiration for you. And for the, the listeners who don't know out there, you met Johnny Cash. Uh, pretty great story. We don't have time to go into, but you met Johnny Cash before you were popular. And uh, and you also have a song with Randy Travis, the the man that inspired you to, to move to Nashville in the first place. Yeah. There, there's mm-hmm. the, the old adage, uh, you know, never meet your heroes. For you, that doesn't seem to hold true at all. Would you encourage people to meet their heroes? Uh, yeah. Because I, you know, the way I look at it is like, you know, if you meet them and they treat you like dirt, then they're not much of a hero to begin with. So, um, you know, that's the way I look at it. And so I've, I've been able to meet most all of my heroes. Um, I met all of them except for Hank Williams, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, all of them have treated me with, you know, respect and integrity and, and just, uh, they were all just very down to earth and, and and real people uh that love music and and love what they did for a living so yeah what what did it what it mean to get randy on after after his stroke to to get forever and ever and amen to actually get him to record with you on that 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 final amen well it was fun to begin with but when i realized that he hadn't been in the studio since the stroke uh that it took on a whole new meaning you know when that happened so it was a pretty emotional moment. It was a historical moment, and uh, and yeah, I'm glad to have him on the record. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, now looking at the schedule, Josh, like I said, you've got uh, shows all over the country, uh, all the way out into October. Is it is it all touring for the near future, or is there some is there some writing that's going to take place? Are you going to focus on on working on some new new material? Uh, it's a little of both. I'm I'm hoping they're you know, do some writing before long, but I've got such a heavy tour schedule this year. It's going to be kind of tricky to fit all that in, but, uh, but yeah, we've, we've got a tour schedule here for the next several months. And, um, you know, I do have some things planned, but, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to, you know, be able to get back and do some, some of the creative side. Nice. Well, I, I'm guessing you're enjoying being back on the road since you, since the, the tour scheduling was definitely pretty light there in the last two years. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> considering that's that's how we make most of our living. Yeah, it's uh, it's been good to be able to get back out there, and uh, and honestly, you know, I, I miss just being out there in front of my fans, and and they've obviously missed me because they've been showing up in droves at, at my shows here for the last year, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been a good thing for everybody involved. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I, I'm sure the Florida fans can't wait to see you at the Florida Theater this weekend, July 1st. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Josh, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on and talk with us today. My pleasure. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Listeners, you can keep up with Josh at joshturner.com. Follow him on social media at Josh Turner Music. He's a TikTok fanatic. Believe him. Believe him. Right now, <laughs> let's take a listen to Firecracker right here on the Doc G Show. And we are back here on the Doc G, a show you just heard, Josh Turner, Firecracker. Josh Turner there. My goodness, Mike. Oh, gosh, a a celebrity in our midst there. Yeah. Big, big big-time celebrity man. Just uh, so many cool stories, too. Just knows so many people in in the country music realm. And it's like mm-hmm. it's it's like I ask him, you know, that was the thing is you hear that adage so much, never meet your heroes, you know? And the the idea never meet your heroes is that your heroes are going to suck and you're going to be like, "Oh, so true." That's horrible, uh, you know? Right? I wanted to be like that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in his case, it just looks like they're all awesome. Like he was like, "I want to be like Randy Travis." And then he met Randy Travis and he became really good friends with him and he's like, "That dude's <laughs> awesome." And you're just like, "Oh, that's cool. I want to do that." Like, you know. I mean, have you ever got to meet any of your uh comedic heroes? Hmm. I've met them. Yeah, and they were all really nice. Dane Cook, there you uh go. Like met him a few times. Um, I feel like yeah, the Dane only one would be a nice dude. Yeah, yeah. I the feel- only one that threw me off was like Rob Schneider. But anyway, sorry, Doctor, you throwing you off. But, uh, no, yeah. no. Rob seems a bit like he could do that. He seems like he yeah. could be a bit aloof and weird when you meet him. Yeah. Was he? It was or, just a bad day. Yeah, it was could, just a bad day. You, you, you got to meet a lot of people, never. you know. I mean, yeah. so true. But anyways, Mike, do you do you love? Uh, do you love South Carolina barbecue? What's your favorite type of barbecue? Do you know? Um, I mean, I love anything Southern barbecue, but Doctor, yeah, I think it, for me it's the burn ends, which uh, you, which I shared with you. Yes, I went to one of the restaurants yes. you recommended in yes. Vegas. Burnt ends. Yes. What about you, Doctor? What do you think? Well, you know, I mean, burnt ends, you basically got brisket that's that's done again, you yeah. know, uh, which I mm-hmm. which I do love, which would be a Texas style of barbecue. Um, um, you know, I am a dry rub fan. So true. Anything dry rub, I am more of a fan or vinegar based, as I told Josh Turner. I am mm. not a mustard based barbecue guy, which is South Carolina barbecue. That is the standard South Carolina barbecue, sort of South Carolina gold, as they like to call it a lot of times, because it's got the mm. sort of yellowish hue to it. But uh, that's not for me. Nope. That's not. I'm. I'm. A, I, mm. I like. A, I like a meat with just some, some seasoning on it, man. Just get that seasoning in there, deep into the yeah. meat. That's what I want. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. It's. Uh. It, enjoy it, guys. Over the Fourth of July weekend, get in there. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Listen to some Josh Turner. And get some barbecue going. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, <laughs> we need to get these two birthday suits off the table here. Um, I Maybe both. Maybe. 
One we'll of see. one of them. Uh, who do you want to hear first, comedian or basketball player? Uh, ooh, uh, let's go comedian. Okay. Um, well, I a comedic writer, I should say. He, comedic writer. He is not a stand-up guy. Nope. Um, but born on June 29th, 1982, in Staten Island, New York. Our birthday suit wearer loved writing from a young age and was the editor of his high school newspaper before he ended up going to Harvard, where he majored in history and literature. After graduating, he became a copy editor at the Staten Island Advance. In 2005, he sent a writing packet to Saturday Night Live, which they gave him a writing position from that packet. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. He was the head writer from 2012 to 2015, since 2014, our birthday suit wearer has been either host or co-host of Weekend Updated. What? Update. Updated. Weekend Update. <laughs> he cited Norm MacDonald as his primary influence on how to perform Weekend Update. Side note, on his personal life, he was roommates at Harvard with Pete Buttigieg. Did not know that. And he's married to Scarlett Johansson. Name that birthday suit wearer. Is it Colin Jost? Colin Jost is. is correct. Yes. Totally guessed. Woo. Totally guessed. Uh, you know, you either had Michael Che or Colin Jost. So uh, Mike, yeah. Michael Che is not married to Scarlett Johansson. So mm-hmm. sadly no. for him. Sadly for anyone that is not married to Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. She's a bomb. Very true. She is. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Oh, yikes. Ready. Just the easy on the eyes. The, the ample <laughs> lips, the what? beautiful cheek structure, just the huh? the yeah. body that goes for days. I'm totally creeping on Colin's wife. That's a fact. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> you don't care whatsoever. But anyways, uh yeah, man, it's impressive to go from the copy editor at the Staten Island Advance to writing at at uh, Saturday Night Live. You got to be pretty good to do that. You got to be yeah. pretty mm-hmm. outrageous to writer to be able to do that, man. That's impressive. But then again, yeah. if you majored in literature at Harvard, I'm guessing you're probably pretty good at writing. So yeah, very you know, true. Not very bad, true. not bad. Turning uh, turning thirty, thirty for or forty. What? Sorry, forty. Forty. 40. Oh, I'm about to say. I missed a. God, de- I feel old. Mr. Decade, I'm sorry, everyone. Sorry. 40, turning the big 4-0 for Colin Joes. But, you know, it's accomplished a lot in that first 40. Definitely accomplished a lot. Very true. Happy birthday to Colin. Uh, okay, the next one, Mike, uh, as I mentioned, basketball player, we mentioned them last week. They went from the big mm. three back to the NBA. Do you remember the name? Uh, I was uh, CJ something. Uh, no, Charles. No. Initials JJ. JJ. Jim. No. Okay, God. I'm gonna go through it. <laughs> this probably won't help you, but we'll try. Uh, born right. on June 29, 1981, so one year <laughs> older than Colin Jost in Little Rock, Arkansas. Our birthday suit wearer loved basketball. He played throughout high school, received scholarship to University of Arkansas. After one season where he averaged 14.2 points, 6.4 rebounds, he declared for the NBA draft. In 2001, he was selected 10th overall by the Boston Celtics. 
Through his career, he played for seven different teams, the Boston Celtics, the Phoenix Suns, the Atlanta Atlanta Hawks, Brooklyn Nets, Miami Heat, Utah Jazz, and Houston Rockets. His years in Atlanta were some of his most prolific. He was a six-time All-Star in a row while he was in Atlanta. Six All-Stars in a row while he was in Atlanta. He was mentioned last show because in 2018 he went from the NBA to signing with the Big Three back to the NBA. In the uh, Big Three, he won a championship with the triplets and won two MVPs of the Big Three League. In 2021, he returned to the Boston Celtics with a 10-day contract. Name that birthday suit wearer. Nothing, Doc G. Sorry. I got Joe nothing. Johnson. Joe Johnson. Uh, Jay. Just Joe Johnson. <laughs> Come on. Get a more extravagant name, Joe. Come on. Jeez. Turning 41, Joe Johnson. 41. Now, I did notice when I went back, right, he was only there. He got back on the team, but it's like I just said. It was a 10-day contract. 10 days. He was not there for a long time. <laughs> that was not... But he still made it. He still made the jump. Yeah. So you got to give him that. That's pretty awesome. And by doing that, he is the only player, aside from uh, Dirk Nowinski, to make a shot... 20 years apart on the same team. He made a wow. shot 20 years from when he first started playing with Boston till when he ended playing with Boston over 20 years apart, which the only other person to do that was Dirk Nowinski. It's pretty wild. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Good for him. That's yeah. awesome. Happy birthday to Joe Johnson. Mike, we've got some fantastic shows coming up. Very excited. Uh, can't wait, but... I am deciding which order to put these guests, so I can't reveal who's coming up on the show. I don't want to mm. screw it up. As we know, that will jinx it. It will ruin all the shows. Mm-hmm. So, not yeah. going to give it away right now. But just know, listeners, fantastic shows. Trust me. You gotta, you gotta trust old Doc G. Just like you gotta trust him when he tells you to invite Benjamin Franklin to your cookout. Okay, I'm not gonna steer you yeah. wrong on it. You're gonna be very happy with him there. You're gonna be like, what? He brought orange. Yeah. He, he brought orange <laughs> crush. That is awesome. I love orange <laughs> crush. Ben Franklin did it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kites too. Correct, Mike. Yes. Yeah, I'll bring kites. Kites. You don't even know. He he made up a full instrument himself. It's this crazy instrument that's all glass. That basically, you know how you can make noise on a rim of a glass by mm-hmm. rubbing your finger yeah. when it's like a wet? Wine glass, yeah. Essentially, he made that with all different size glasses lined up beside each other that just spins nice. continuously. And then you play it sort of like a piano, putting your fingers mm. on top of those rims. Yeah. He made this that. Guy had a lot of time. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane, that dude. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Anyways. Bring that to the party. <laughs> exactly. He'll bring it. He will bring it. Anyways, he, here's Wonderwall. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be amazing. <laughs> and you'll be like, that dude's been dead. How did he know about Wonderwall? That's crazy. Awesome. <laughs> Anyways, guys, until next week, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus Charette. Doc G, thank you so much, sir. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me on the show. Of course. Always interesting facts to learn, to know about, to, to find That's out what we about. do. We laugh, 
We have facts. <laughs> we have knowledge. We have a time. Yes. We have a time. And we until time. next week, when we have another time, guys, zip mm-hmm. it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah. <laughs> <laughs>